Welcome to Overheard at Chica's Cafe, and I am Chica, Sonia Iris Lozada. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Overheard at Chica's Cafe. And today I have one of my favorite people, Danny Mora, who's an actor. We started out together in doing a play. And welcome, Danny. What on earth have you been up to? Let me know. Yeah, we did do a play, huh? Which one was it? I forgot. It was the one where you played the, the Migra and you were the devil and I was the church woman. Oh, Remember that? <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, the the posada, the something like yes, that. Yes, yes. And oh, uh, we had such a good time with that. Oh you know who God. else was in that? Emilio. Emilio Rivera. And now he's like, uh, you know, big star, like gigantic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he's uh, still a really nice guy, too. Oh, he's he's so fabulous. Yeah. I, I just love him. But remember that one time because they would never tell us where the entrances and the exits were. That's because they never knew until we saw it. I know. And then we went to the play and then it was a part where, you know, the whole cast ran in front of me and then they ran the other way. And I'm like, I'm like, God damn, Danny, where the hell are you? You're late on your entrance. And then you told me that you. You couldn't find the entrance that all the curtains, you kept checking all the doors. <laughs> yeah. And so I was left on stage and I just, okay, I'm up here for like a few minutes. I go, so I started accusing the audience. Have you seen him? I know, I know you probably saw him, you know, but it's all in Spanish. And then How you come. How long were you out there? Like two or three minutes. Improvising, really? Yeah, I had to. I had to accuse the audience. And you were like, (laughs) and then you were running so fast because you didn't fight that I tripped you and you flew into the wings. (laughs) Do you remember that? You you flew right into the wings. And then I was pulling you up because part of it was I was supposed to trip you just fall right there. And I kind of pretend I'm pulling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, because that's the way he uh, directed it. But you were running so fast, you flew into the wings. And I'm trying to pull you. And I go, Ay, que mucho tu pesa. And you go, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah I go, yeah. no soy yo, es mi cola. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that line, too. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Oh That's what I love about theater. You never know what's going to happen. No. And you... when it's not like a big budget professional theater where you have somebody who takes care of every little detail, they often do. They mm-hmm. often do. And I remember. It happened to me once. I'm, I'm what? Well, the, the two, three minutes that I had to improvise. We did a play, Adana y la Otra. And, the other, and this, this day we were doing it in Spanish. And the other girl, she learned it by rote. She didn't speak Spanish. So the lights go out and she's like, and she just looks at me like, <laughs> save me. <laughs> and that wasn't supposed to be it. And I, and I was right in the middle of bagging on her husband because I was one of, like a hen, kind of like... Um, a loca, but like over, overprotective of her. She's my niece and this and that. And so, so I go, <laughs> see, he doesn't even make enough to pay for the, for the lights, for the power, you know? And I just go on and on and on for like two, three minutes. And, and Ruben's back there running around trying <laughs> to get the connections here. And finally the lights come on. We got a standing ovation right there, right in the middle of it. Because, because we just made this whole scene. And the girl would just look at me. 
Well, remember that Ruben was actually pissed off at us. He goes, none of you remembered your lines. He goes, if it wasn't for the fact that it was everybody was laughing so hard, I would have been really angry. <laughs> well, you know what? I did a, I did a, uh, you know, Chico's Angels. No, no, it's a drag show. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's a drag. My character wasn't in drag, but I would have been in drag. I don't care. Yeah. Um, You're funny when you do like stuff that. like when that. People, well, if people love it when you screw up, because it's like they're a part of it. You know, they're in on the joke. Right. I did that once and I called, instead of calling her Quesadilla, I call her Frida or something like that. And I go, oh, Frida, you know, and, and everybody started laughing and I couldn't get my lines out for like half a minute, 45 seconds because they're in on the, and they thought that, so when things go wrong, it's funnier. Yeah. I had a <laughs> as friend, funny as it is already. I had a friend of mine that she was in a play and it was a Shakespeare kind of uh, a mm. performance and the two guys are on the stage fighting and she's about to make her entrance i forget what she was actually doing and one of the guys fell off the stage while doing the combat scene oh and the other guy God. with the sword is on stage he goes <laughs> and he jumps in <laughs> he jumps, on he jumps and then, in after him right yeah and then the the fighting <laughs> continues in the audience and so the audience just loved it you oh, know, hilarious. oh, yeah, that's the thing about stage is this like, you know, that's why I do theater, because, you know, you, you have to stay on your toes. And it reminds you what it is to really be another character for more than 30 seconds at a time. Yeah. I, yeah. I work a lot on TV and film, but I prefer theater, but you can't make a living at it. No. And it, it does take a lot of time. And I, I realize, yeah. you know, one of the things because I've done both in theater, you have to be bigger. And in TV and film, you have to be smaller yeah. because, you know, then it's the camera's like right here. You don't want to like be making all kinds of faces and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's a weird adjustment because, you know, you're used to if you have an audition because you're used to, you know, having to Project. hit that last row and and your your mannerisms have to be a little bit bigger. But all of a sudden you get an audition and you come in and you're so big and they're like, take a second relax and i'm like oh bring shit. it down I'm doing theater again yeah yeah so, so you i don't like the adjustment you've been having a great you know uh you've been working a lot and you know i'm like yay because you know it's for me it's like granted my career has not gone in the direction of any of you guys uh it's been really slow but it it, it makes me feel good that i worked with you and now you know you're doing so well tell me what you've been you know, because we were catching up and I. I, I just, know after 30 years or so. Um, we've known each other for, well, I think, longer than that. Right. When did we do? Yeah, um, that was in 91, 92. So about 30 years. Wow. Time yeah. flies, man. I know. You still <laughs> live over here? I still live City? by Universal Studios. By Universal. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I've been, uh, let's see, this last weekend, I did um, a boxing movie. Ooh. It's very good. I'm the coach, trainer, and um, it's called Della. And Alessandro, Alessandro Gentil wrote and directed it. Uh, also co-produced it with R Rachel. But he just won the Tim Burton Visionary Award at the Burbank International Film Festival with a film that we did, Lolo. Um, oh. It's a supernatural tale about loss and longing and all this. It's really yeah. good. 
Um, it did the circuit. It did really well at Santa Barbara and, and just uh, been a lot of uh, film festivals lately. Highland Park. Uh, we were just all dances with films. We were all over the place. Also, um, <laughs> almost, it's funny because when we did Highland Park uh, Film Festival, it was on the same block of shorts. So they did a Q&A afterwards. Um, I had another one in there. It's called Borders. It's about veteranos, uh, specifically Mexican-American veteranos, about his how this country sometimes spits in our face, despite the fact that, you know, we've been fighting for this country since before it was a country. There was, a, I think, a colonel in the Revolutionary Army and the Civil War. There were a few Mexican-Americans who fought for this country. So we've been doing that since day one, since before day one. And it's about that. It's this veteran from Iraq who visits different veterans in the film, not in real life, mm-hmm. um, from different conflicts. And I'm the one that represents the Nicaraguan conflict. So it's that rage at being spit on, so to speak, that hate directed towards, especially since the last administration. And yet, we rise to the cause. We step up regardless. I'm a veteran. Both of my uncles were veterans. Not only was I a veteran, I was a paratrooper, 82nd Airborne. I wanted to be the first one in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I apply- I wanted to be Green Beret, but I was too young. I had just turned 17 and they didn't let me. So, uh, you were in the so Army in 17? Was it Army? Which, which, which branch of the military? Army. Army. Okay. Yeah, 82nd Airborne in uh, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. So anyway, this short, it's called Borders. It's about that. It's about this guy who now works for the VA, visits all these veterans to make sure they're up on their, their if they need anything or whatever. And I'm the Nicaraguan conflict. The weird, weird part is I had just read a book called Black Ops. It's about um, this Cuban CIA operative who worked in the Nicaraguan conflict. He worked with the uh, Contras. Mm-hmm against the Sandinistas. And I traced my history and I would have been in this book because when I first went in, because I was bilingual, they gave me what's called the D-Lab, Defense Language Aptitude Battery. So they knew, uh, and I scored the highest on the fort. Of 42,000 men, I scored the highest. Wow. Uh, So they offered me interpreter interrogator. The guy says, essentially, you'll be a spy. But they control where I was going to go and all. And I, I didn't want to just give up my whole life to be sent wherever, whenever. I, I don't like that loss of control of my own whereabouts. So I said no. And then when I got out, I got out in October of 81. In February or March of 82, the CIA kept trying to recruit me. <laughs> they kept calling me. They sent me cards, you know, and. And I would have been smack dab in the middle of this whole thing, probably. Uh, so I would have been in the book. <laughs> you know? Wow. And, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. It's just weird. It's not. It's, you know, it's weird how life has the synchronicities and they kind of like work their way back. Yeah. All these intersections, you know. Yeah. Because it's, you know, I really like that you're using what came back and now you're using it in acting. Yeah. And it, it, you know, it, um, it, 
it strikes you sometimes because you think about the negative things, the good things. And I'm still very, very patriotic. I still believe in what this country stands for within the, the, the community of, of the world and just, you know, everything that we represent to other people, to ourselves. You know, unfortunately, things have taken wrong turns. But anyway, the short is about that. <laughs> you see, I digress a lot. <laughs> and at that block, we had Lodo and Borders on the same block. So when the, the last one was over and they, they said, okay, anybody involved with the film, we walk up there and he says, well, welcome to the Danny Mora show. Because <laughs> I had two in there and they were really good too. They were, they were outstanding shorts. But yeah, we just did uh, that whole run and it's been nonstop. It's, it's one film festival after another and then, and then there's the parties, but then there's also the filmmakers meeting, which is really important. And, and I, I got at least one other film coming out of that. And another one that I'm shooting hopefully in January. It was supposed to be in October, but they've moved it. It's a, it's a lead role. It's a thriller. It's, oh my God, it's so well written. It's really good. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that Yeah. No, like, congratulations. I, that's so thank impressive. You, thank you. Yeah. So, now tell me, you have a daughter, and the last time I kind of knew about her was when she was a little kid. <laughs> um, yeah, she's uh, almost 19. She'll be 19 next month. Uh, she's wonderful. She's beautiful. She's smart as a whip, and she's taking ASL. She wants to be uh, a sign language interpreter. Ah. So, um, yeah, which I, I think is awesome. Um so she's uh, Alexandra. She's doing uh, really well, and uh, we'll see where that takes her. I'm trying to get her to get certified in two languages because she is bilingual. She just doesn't, you know how kids are. You got to beg them. When she forgets to pull back, she lets loose with the Spanish. So I'm hoping she doesn't lose that. Um, but I continually talk to her in English, which isn't going to help it. You know, she's doing very well. First language is Spanish. So I had yeah. to learn, I had to go to speech because they didn't have English as a second language when I was a kid. It was speech classes that they send you to. And then I had to learn how to speak English and I lost a lot really? of my Spanish. Yeah, I lost a lot of my Spanish because the only people I talk to are my Hispanic friends or Latino friends yeah. or Latinx, however, whatever the new phrase is. And my parents, my family. And so yeah. I lost, I have to practice it now. Like I will get yeah. a book and start reading because I understand it better than I can read it. I'm slow at reading it. I can read it, but I'm trying to get my. Pues si quieres te ayudo. Empezamos a hablar aquí español. No hay bronca. Bueno, está bien por la una cosa que nadie nadie va a entender. No, yo sé, yo sé. For those yeah, of you that did, yeah, didn't understand, he says we could talk Spanish here, but then I said, well, then the rest of the audience is not going to understand. <laughs> So, I've actually studied quite a few, so I love languages. Me too. I actually studied French and Italian, everything but Spanish, because I figured, oh, I know Spanish, and I realized I really yeah. didn't know it as good as I thought I did. It's a tough language. It's it's very similar to Arabic. Spanish? Because I took Arabic too. Yeah, I took uh, Italian, French, also German in high school, and I took Arabic recently. And like the word order is identical the use of the definite article, like we say, 
la taza, los audífonos. The, you mm -hmm. know, we always use the, art, the article. They do that in Arabic too. Also, you can tell who's speaking by the conjugation of the verb. Hablo, hablas. You, we don't have to say yo hablo, tú hablas. We know just you, you hear hablas and you already know who you're oh, talking to. Yeah. Arabic is the same way. The conjugation at the, at the end tells you who the speaker is or who you're speaking to. But they have something weird. It's like they have a two, you two. Like I speak, you speak, you two males speak, you two females speak. And so they, they differentiate between males, females, two, and plural. Singular. Oh, so, uh, so like in Spanish, we plural. have me, you, them. And then there's yeah. the formal versions. You know, there's like five yeah. different versions of vosotros. Yeah. Who uses vosotros instead of nosotros? Uh, you know what? Spaniards and uh, and some South Americans do. Yeah, because that's like it's, old it's Spanish, you know? it's Yeah. Yeah. It's the equivalent of saying thee and thou, you know, Shakespearean. In That's its use, true. anyway. And nosotros, yeah. for those of you that don't understand, means us. And vosotros is also, but vosotros is older. Thou. Uh, older Spanish, like thou. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I love languages, so. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I got to get better on the, on the Spanish. Well, I've been going out for a lot of Spanish stuff, you know. Um, yeah. Because now the industry is is more Spanish friendly. Yesterday I was watching CNBC. I watch that every day, and there's a lot of Spanish commercials. It's like I, yeah, really I, CNBC. I know. I I noticed that too. I'm like, on an American station, is this that they mess up the uh, the commercials? Well, it, it, not so much the American thing. The fact is, it's a business channel. Generally, you're going to get more English speakers watching that. In this country, because, mm -hmm. you know, the recent immigrant is not going to go, OK, well, where's the business channel? I need to see what stocks are doing, you know. Right. They don't. But yet they put them on there. So I guess there's a reason for that. Yeah. So it's good. Demographics. I do a I lot guess. of looping. Yeah. Demographics. Yeah. Whatever pays my bills. <laughs> One of the things I really enjoyed was doing voiceover, but I just didn't get my voiceover tape together. Um, I know that. That's why I got all this equipment. Initially, I got this equipment to do mm. voiceover, not to do podcasting. I started with my other podcast, PoeticResurrection.com, because I'm a poet. I've put out four books already. And yeah, I know that. Yeah. And so I see that. I did that. And that was like, that. it's more like a self-help. And, you know, I talk about, we've had people that talk about writing on it and how to improve your writing. And I've had like Pulitzer Prize nominated poets on it. So it's, wow. yeah, it's been really, and, and it's, that was my way of giving back because, you know, I saw the Black Lives Matter, the YouTube movement and everybody's marching. And I, that's not me. I'm not a marcher, you know? Yeah. And, but I admired the people that do, I go, how can I give back? And I said, well, let me, let me do a podcast. You know, didn't know how much work podcasts were when I got into it, but is it a podcast? Yeah, my, my daughter and my wife, they both uh, marched here in Glendale as well. I was concerned because at that point, the whole movement had been co-op. It had been Ill infiltrated. Mm -hmm. And that's how, that's what, and, and it irked me to no end that the BLM leaders didn't see that and didn't adjust. 
when you've been co-opted and you've got a traitor in the ranks, you don't divulge secrets. You know, you try to find the traitor first. Uh, and there were a lot of infiltrators, a lot of people specifically who went in there to do violence. And obviously there were a lot of criminals too, uh, criminally minded and scumbags or whatever that started, you know, rioting. But a lot of people went in there specifically to make BLM look bad. Yeah. And they should have adjusted. They should have adjusted. You know, like any war, you fight in a battle at a time. And uh, if, if your defenses have been co-opted, you switch to a different strategy. And they didn't. And then it just evolved. But yeah, they were a part of that. And I was, uh, I was, I was really proud that, that, that my daughter wanted, wanted to do that. Yeah, because you know what? We went through a generation of people not wanting to get involved with anything. It was all me, me, me. I got so tired of so much reality TV being about, oh, look at me. I'm so spoiled. I could have this, this and that. I go, why are people getting, giving attention to that? It well, is so like low that. energy. Well, it's changing, yeah. though. I think people are sick of it. It's not. It's getting worse. Look How at all the it rappers. It's more of a combination. It's not as much as it used to be, but it's 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 still a very tr- a strong presence. You know, very rarely do people volunteer or do do they do altruist. I'm also part of this thing called the rescue train, where we try to fundraise and get animals fostered and, and, and rescued and so on and so forth. And very people, very rarely do people do that kind of stuff. I just yeah. don't see it. The, the volunteerism is way, way down. There's still some, yeah. of course, there's many, but yeah. not enough. Well, you know what? I am not going to say which one I, I donated my time because, you know, I'm a poet and I write short stories. So I donated my time to this writing program that's for underprivileged. There you go. There you go. But what I found. But see, that's our generation. We're the 80s generation, the generation of me, 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 me. Yet here we are doing that. Yeah. But it, what I find, and this is to all you nonprofits that want help, if you're going to have people for their expertise, I find that then they, they want you to do all their office work. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's I'm not free funny. labor. I'm donating my time to these yeah, 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 yeah. not to doing office work. And that's where I found that I, you know, and I don't mind helping out, but if that's going to be my job, no, that's not what I signed up for. Yeah. You know? Well, my heart is, 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 um, with veterans, of course. Yeah. Um, so, so I, like I do monthly donations to wounded warriors, also Greenpeace on a monthly basis, because then it's always something as opposed to whenever I feel like it or whenever. I have time because, you know, a lot of these organizations, they need money to do what they got to do. So I always do that at a minimum. But when the opportunity comes up, if I can, I do. Right. If I can't, I don't. You know, if, if you want me to do an event and be a mentor, no problem. I signed up for that. Yeah. So, like with my daughter, I told her, I said, look, right now, take advantage of the fact that, you know, you're just 18. You don't have to pay rent or anything. I She can stay here till, you know, I'm. I'm dead and gone. Explore, take different classes, volunteer, just explore the world as much as you can. Because yeah, it's nice to travel, but that just uh, turns you on to other cultures uh, and other ways of life, which is also important. But in the meantime, work on yourself. You know, you don't know. Maybe what? Maybe you take a music class and it, you just fall. Up. Hell, that's why I'm an actor. I was in my fourth year of a business degree at San Diego State. And I took uh, an arts elective, an acting class, and 
as they say that you know the rest is history yeah I say, that's yeah, how I'm going to Hollywood that's how I got into acting I got into acting not because I wanted to be an actor I was a singer for the longest time I come from I remember that I remember I remember the pictures of you yeah and I came from a musical family and it wasn't until a friend of mine had a heart attack and he said, Sonia, I'm bored out of my mind. I can't drive. They won't let me drive. He was 20 years older than me. And he said he was my friend's ex-boyfriend. He says, I'm going crazy. Can I give you free acting lessons? You just have to come here. I'm like, OK. Oh, <laughs> so wow. he gave me free acting lessons. And then when I got to a certain point, he said, oh, you got to go to Ed Kate Martin. And I went to Ed Kate Martin and he says, you have a lot of potential. Let me put you in a pre-class. He goes, I don't think you're actually ready. And I wasn't. I didn't have any credits. I just got into acting. And then I'll put mm -hmm. you in my main class. I go, okay. So I took like a six-week class with him with two other people. And he prepped us for his class. Then I get into his class. And all working actors. Renee Russo was in my class. Oh, um, wow. Oh, yeah. All these recognizable. And then there's me, not one single credit to my name. <laughs> I was so yeah, nervous. And, you know, so he kept me going. And there are many times I, I planned on quitting acting because I just, you know, no matter how hard I worked, I wasn't getting ahead. And I would always hear the his voice saying, because he called me. And I didn't know this. He called me from Chicago. I knew he moved to Chicago and you know, my, my hometown. And he called me and says, you know, I, I wanted to tell you that don't ever give up acting because you have so much potential. And then he died the following week. Oh, my God. He so called me to keep going. So every time I want to quit, I keep hearing I, Ed K. Martin's <laughs> Sonia, don't give up. You have so much, you know, and uh, and I think that's what kept me going to this. But I actually was going to quit. And I did podcasts call on my poetic resurrection called Grieving Dreams. Since I did, it's about having a passion for something, but it not working out and how to change your perception. Like my perception was, I want to make a living off of acting. Well, that didn't happen. Yeah. So I changed it to like, if it comes my way, I'll do it. Because I love doing it, is just getting those opportunities. It's all about perceptions. It's how we perceive things. It's like, I think I put too much stress on me. Well, perception is everything. You know, look at the stock market. Not so much what it is or what it isn't. It's how you perceive it. Uh, I learned that a long time ago. I was a broker at one time. And, and it's all like, you know, uh, we all expect people to behave a certain way. And that's why I find there's so much dichotomy. You do. There is youth, though, that is very much into saving the environment and saving, you know, teaching people. And so there's a big pull on that. I think TV emphasizes the get rich and just show off all your money. And look at how many people have aged that were entertainers before who are poor because they didn't manage their money correctly. I know they're doing infomercials now or whatever. Yeah. Well, like uh, Jimmy Walker. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he didn't manage his money well or anything like that. Well, probably because, you know, they had at the time a very high salary for a long period of time. And there's people like uh, Gary Coleman, who's I think it was Gary Coleman, who's or Macaulay Culkin, I forget, um, whose managers just ripped him off. Just, that told, just stole lot. from them. Yeah. 
Yeah, that happened to me. My agent stole from this one agent we had. I want, yeah, it cost me $2,500. And they stole from everybody, went to Vegas, took the money to Vegas. They were gamblers? Yeah, they were gamblers and they were obviously thieves. And um, yeah. But if, so it's. Did, were you able to get the money or did you able to? No, no, no. But you know, yeah, it's only 2,500 bucks. It's not that bad. Yeah, I did a job in Chicago, a commercial, and the agency didn't pay me. Three months later, they collected. I call. I called an advertising company and said, my agents told me you haven't released my check. And so I was following up, you know, and they go off. Oh, we paid them. Yeah, you got to be nice about it. Yeah, yeah. You should always be nice because you don't know the situation. You know, I'm trying to find out what's going on. And yeah. they said, oh, we paid them months ago. And this is the check number. And this is like, oh my God. So I called them and I said, You pay me. This is the check number. If you don't pay me, I'm going to take you to small claims court and I'm going to publicize it all over. (laughs) They paid me. No, call the police. Call the police. Yeah, well, you know, you have to take them to small claims court. It wasn't over $5,000. So. It was only a commercial. Well, but the fact that they took your money is is a crime. That in and of itself is theft. That's my salary. I don't know which one it is. Because according to the advertising company, they're going to give me a W-2 at the end of the year for that. That's right. And I didn't get paid for it. Yeah. To make it worse. Yeah. That's how, unfortunately. I hate cheats. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's how. I I respect a murderer more (laughs) because at least he's got to confront you when he kills you. Thieves, they always work in the shadows when you're not there. And I hate that. Or uh, there was one company that I worked for and, uh, well, actually two, but one of them, the woman embezzled, the, one of the workers embezzled. Mm. And I found the, the first check that you found the- I found the embezzlement. And I'm like, oh my yeah. God, how am I going to tell my boss? How am I going to tell my boss? I'm, <laughs> that's all I got to say. I found 3000 at the end of the day, it was 95. Oh, my God. Well, she went to jail. Her mom put the house up so that they could pay 45000 towards it. She stole it from a nonprofit. Yeah. Oh, to make it worse. From a nonprofit. I know. It's like, really, can you be greedier? Well, to make it worse would have to be like uh, a certain president who ripped off uh, child's um, charities and veteran charities and all these other things. Yeah, we won't say. To be worse. <laughs> That would be the worst. Yeah. We won't mention any names. (laughs) She went to jail. She didn't spend a long time because the fact that they paid 45,000 of it, she got a lower sentence, but now she's a felon. She can't work in an office. She has to, and she only served six months because she has to pay it back. Yeah. Restitution. Yeah. And if she didn't, so good luck with that. Yeah. But she goes back to jail. <laughs> good, good. You know, and yeah, we need to send a lot of people to jail. You know, people, uh, a lot of a lot of scumbags out there. You know what kills me? That's why I worry about my daughter so much. And you should, because me being a woman, not worry, because that doesn't help. Well, no, I worry. I worry because what I want to do is is send her to Krav Maga. I don't know if you ever heard of Krav Maga, but it's the best thing. What is it? In terms of self-defense. Oh, it's an Israeli fighting system. Uh, It was developed in Israel. 
and it's the most practical because I've taken karate, judo, I wrestled, I boxed in the army. Uh, I took taekwondo, wadokai, hapkido, all these different martial arts. By far, Krav Maga is better because it incorporates from like you learn to box, you learn to um, wrestle, you learn MMA techniques. You learn to just, it's about getting rid of the guy and giving yourself a few seconds to run. That's it. Mm -hmm. And if you can, if you can incapacitate him or, you know, break his kneecap or so much, the better. But it's about that. It's just about defending yourself. There's no offensive techniques. It's all defense. And it's the best thing. Trust me. I'll look more into that because I'm not a violent person. I will defend myself, but I'm not a violent person. And, but I even thought of, cause I won't get a gun, but I will get a taser. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, I don't want to kill somebody or something like that. Yeah. I don't want to kill somebody. I just want to like incapacitate them so I could get away. So tell me, let's go back into uh, acting because what else have you been doing? I know we go off on, on I know, but that's that's great because caffeine's kicking in. I know, but you know what? (laughs) We haven't caught up in so long. This is like great. Uh, Well, what have you done recently? You never gave it up, right? Oh, no, no. What happened is when I did that grieving dreams thing, I mean, it was very difficult for me, but I met other people. Like I met, I was on a panel of this other um, podcast. He was so heartbroken that he tried to do a nonprofit to help his community and it went nowhere. And that's even Mm -hmm. harder because you're trying to give and it's like people slapping you in the face. Well, I don't want what you got to give, you know, and he was just trying to help his neighborhood Um, so I told him, you know, I was grieving a dream too. So what happened was once I let it go, let go of the idea of making a living off of it, then things started coming. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna have fun with it because I haven't worked in so long that if I get it, I get it. I would like it. Don't get me wrong. I'm auditioning to get the role, but I want to just have fun. I want to bring the joy back into acting. And we, f- we forget that a lot of times because we oh, it's such a specific character and he has, you know, you're, you're trying to do your work and okay, well, how does this guy walk? How does this guy talk? And you get so caught up in the, in the minutia that you forget to just be yourself. I've, I've often had that where I'll go to an audition and I'm like, well, this is not me, but you know, I'm here. So what the hell? And I just had fun with it and I booked it. I got a series that way. Uh, you know, I went from one episode to three to six to 16. Wow. And I was going to not even go. I was not even going to go. This was for uh, for the bridge because the character description was like a tub of lard, uh, <laughs> 350 pounds. And I'm like, well, man, I'm a little overweight, but I'm not a tub. Of, I'm not the fat guy in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I thought it's not me. So I just went in there and had a good time and I booked it damn thing. Yeah. And we were going to live into the third season. We were going to control the entire narcotics world from prison. But then the show got canceled. And I almost didn't go like an idiot. You know, so I learned a long time ago. Never say never. Never say no. You don't say never because sometimes like there was one thing that I auditioned for. I didn't get it, but I was put on hold. And well, I hate a, being on hold. Oh <laughs> man, yeah. Call me when I got it or I don't got it. I hate yeah. being on a veil, on hold. 
Yeah, because then you like you put it in your calendar. You're on hold, but you know what? It's like you can't breathe until you're here. But I'm, I like that one thing they're putting now on SAG that they can't hold you to that hold if you get another job. Yeah. Do you yeah. hear? Because that's cruel. Because many times you're put on hold for like a whole week, and somebody else offers you something, you can't take it because you're on hold. And then they decide, oh, we don't. Well, want if to. it's that's happened to me, and I because my ultimate loyalty is not to any producer to any show it's to my family so i've gotta i've gotta pay the bills and i've mm -hmm. gotta take care of college for my daughter and and you know my wife and so ultimately they're they're the ones that get the priority so what i do is i tell them look i got this offer um and i have my agent do it you know but i've done that and they'll they'll either up it or, or they've even changed the the shoot dates to where I can do them both. Yeah. So to all actors out there, you know, never just say, oh, my God, it's always happens to me. No, speak up. What about, yeah. about anything? Speak up, you know, because you never know. This is your livelihood. And yeah. so but the talk about the I wasn't even going to do it. I looked. I'm like, really? I'm going to play 80. <laughs> 80? You'd be a lively 80. <laughs> <laughs> I like, okay. Uh I'm gonna just have fun with it. And it was such a freaking funny commercial that I had yeah. so much fun with it. I was put on hold, but I had a feeling if I get a call, you know, when I did it, I got a call back. They want an 80-year-old. <laughs> yeah. But well, I, but you know what? The casting directors and even the producers, they appreciate. Uh, your courage and yet they appreciate your the fact that you don't say no you say okay let's see what we can do you know perseverance um they appreciate that so they may not book you for that 80 year old but next 50 60 year old or 40 year old or whatever it's coming right your way oh, you I, never know I, yeah, you never you, know you never know like one time i got a job offer i don't even know how these guys found out about me it was for a film and they said, okay, you just have to be in Vegas at this. I'm like, I've never just, somebody found me from out of nowhere. My agent doesn't even know how they found me, but they found me and I got offered a film in Vegas. And I'm like, okay, so I went to Vegas and I did it. It was a couple of days only, uh, but still mm. it was such, I met such wonderful people and that's a good thing. I've been very lucky. I just did a Bosch Legacy, and I saw that you did a Bosch. You know, but with Bosch Legacy, that's streaming, so it doesn't come out till spring of next year. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, you got to be careful, because especially for a woman, because you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of freaks out there. But that's how people find you sometimes. You know, I got a film like that. They look. They saw a short that I did, and then they just went to IMDb and they found me. That's how these people um, did. They found me on IMDb. Yeah. At that and festivals. Festivals are really good because you got people who may have done another short and you figure, well, a short's not going to go anywhere. It's just uh, the, the, the director's calling card. But other people go there. Like I did um, the, the Panamanian Film Festival, which is coming up next month. Uh, one, because Carlos Carrasco is a great friend of mine. He's a wonderful person, him and Lorraine. There they saw my Borders short. And then they're like, oh, hey, we've got a movie that's coming up. And it, uh, now I've got the lead in the feature, unless a big name, a bigger name comes along. Of course, I understand the business, 
I got a feature film just by going to party. (laughs) So I always go to the film fest, always support your shorts because you never know who you're going to meet. And they just saw your performance. If if you're good at all, then they're like, Hey, they want to talk to you. You know, that's how it happens. Sometimes it's not always through an agent and you get lead roles. Like this is a lead role that I got because they saw me in a previous film festival with a, a, no, not a film festival. I did a, I did a film called Culture Shock for Hulu. And I played a rapist who gets his ass kicked, fortunately. (laughs) Um, And then from there, they saw me in another film festival. And that's when he offered me. So then he'd seen two two pieces of my work. So, yeah, always support your your, your shorts. I, I go to everything, everything. Plus, it's a good time. You're hanging out with filmmakers. You know, it's great. I went to Sundance on one of the films I did because um, Sundance it, is a lot of fun. Yeah, I froze my butt off out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was it was great. Esta caribeña no le gusta. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I it, it was fun. I just did a film short as a favor to a, another actor because she came to me and she said. This guy offered me this role, but I can't do it. I referred you. Just give him a call. Well, that film shorts won a couple of awards already. Yeah. yeah. And it was something, you know, I was updating my resume and then I totally forgot I even did that. And I looked on IMDb because he put it up. I'm like, how can I forget? Because I thought I haven't worked in a long time. But if I look at my resume, yeah, I've got like three things I didn't put in my resume. So I updated that. And but. You know, so that's been going kind of slow, but I've met with a producer, not a producer, a publisher this uh, week, and we're going to do, gave me referrals because I've been self-publishing, but I'm kind of tired of, as a writer and my own self-publishing, I have a publishing company, but I job out everything, you know, it's like a, a designer for the cover and an editor for, you know, the, the, the work and everything like that. So I hire everybody out, but I'm really tired of doing it all myself. So I just want to go to a publisher and let them take over. <laughs> so he was giving yeah, me. They take care of everything. Yeah. Including and, your money. <laughs> and yes, they take most of the money. But you know what? At this point, I'm not making any, but they have the contacts. So I make yeah. very little money on what I yeah, do. Yeah, and they'll get it done right, you know. Exactly. And I don't, you know, so he gave me some presses to go to because his is only takes two per year and then it, t- and it takes longer. But. He gave me some leads. He says, hey, I'll do a show with you. We'll do uh, come out to my store. There's stores uh, thinking about carrying my books and do like a talk and a reading there. Yeah. So I was like, and I'm good about following up and doing advertising and everything like that to get something promoted, which, by the way, I do that with this podcast, too. I I, am. Oh, okay. I do. uh, Well, you're my friend. Yeah. I don't care where it goes. (laughs) (laughs) I do for my friends anything. Yeah, thank you. I, you know, it's I always uh, appreciate it because we had so much fun. I mean, I think we did a couple of things together. We did that play and what else? There was something else that we did. And I, can't I don't remember. know. We hung out for a while. Yeah, we hung out for a lot. Uh, for a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, and that's another th- reason I like talking to people I haven't talked to in a whole bunch of years because all of a sudden we did that. Did I do that? Oh, wow. I forgot. You know? Yeah. After a while, you do so many things that go nowhere and and or just happen and had their run and and then you forget. I don't put everything on my resume, unfortunately. I should. Or I, 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 
I always update the resume, but I always put acting resume number 28, number 29. <laughs> so I always, I've got since number one. So, wow. Um, I, know, I don't have since number one. Actually, I found one because I, I've been going through a bunch of my stuff and I found one and like, oh my God, look at this old resume. It's over 30 yeah, years old. Yeah, yeah. And it was mostly yeah. all the like UCLA films and AFI films that I did here. Cause that's how you start yeah. get that. And I got my SAG card from doing commercials. Yeah. A friend of mine who I did an AFI film with uh, a while ago, a long time ago, he, he's now the writer for blue beetle. Uh, the the film with uh, Sholo Madridureña, uh, the guy from Cobra Kai, mm -hmm. and George Lopez is in it, Elpidia Carrillo is in it. So he contacted me, hey, you know, there's these two characters and you're perfect. And and I always were looking for something for you since we worked and, and you know, possibly the sequel, I'll be in it. We'll see. These contact, these people... Yeah, a lot of people, they just give up or they say, well, you know, I didn't do that well, so I'm going to go out about my life. But others, no, they keep going. I mean, you may not have heard of them, but they're out there plugging away. And all of a sudden, they get their break and they remember their friends. Uh, or at least people who were cool, who were on time, who were always positive and contributing. You know, everything counts. Every it's such a tough gig, it you know, is. to live off a dream. To literally be fed by dreams, and that's what that's that's what nourishes us. Our dream, mm -hmm. uh, like I started when it wasn't just the dream; it was the girls. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing musical theater, and all the guys were gay, and all the girls were gorgeous. So it was a turkey shoot for me. <laughs> <laughs> like shooting fish in a barrel, huh? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and but then but then you really get into it. Then you realize you can actually change people's ideas you start doing plays that mean something that just aren't only fun so then it just grows and grows and grows and grows and before you know it it's a worthwhile life yeah so i'm glad i'm glad um, i took that art uh, art selective long yeah, time ago same thing with me with my friend who was had a heart attack and he had to uh he was an yeah, a personality yeah so he he brought me in and he he did that well and he gave you that philosophy that feeds you for for the rest of your life you know don't you quit know, don't quit don't quit yeah don't quit oh that was okay martin may he rest in peace yeah yeah my my dad gave me something like that inadvertently one time i came home with a d in algebra and i was a math whiz my whole life i went through trigonometry advanced calculus everything and he looked at that and he said, a D? And I right away wanted to get lost in, in, in the chusma, you know. Yeah, but everybody else got Fs. Well, did anybody get an A? I said, yeah, a couple, we had two A's. He says, well, well, why don't you compare yourself to them? And it, and it just changed my life. Because I wanted to get lost in the, in the Fs. You know, I wanted to be not seen, just be mediocre and that's good enough. I was, you know, 12, 13. Uh, but no. He just, you know, and now I always look for the A's. I may not make it, but I'll, that'll be my attitude always. Yeah, because you, you're also comparing yourself to a great. So how can you better yourself by emulate by how their skill level and their talent is? Not on their personal life, but on their talent. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and people are intimidated by that sometimes. Or they, like, I'll have a friend that says, oh, I got a, 
I got this role. I'm going to be working with so-and-so. And I always say, you mean he gets to work with you? Oh, that's a good, that's a great attitude. Yeah, yeah. The last show I did, I, I signed a non-disclosure. I think we're all signing non-disclosures now, right? Yeah, everything's, well, you've got to assume it right off the bat. Yeah, well, I don't, yeah, you know, I'll just say anything. I was on the show, but I don't say what it's about. <laughs> um, yeah. And the character that we're, I'm real close to, it's I, I pertain to her character. She's like, I want you back on the show. Mm-hmm. I don't get killed off. So yeah, you can always see it. You can always see it. It's like, oh, this guy could be like totally. Like come I back. did a, I did a CSI, CSI Los Angeles one, mm-hmm. the first one with LL Cool J and uh, Chris uh, O'Donnell. Yeah, they're still there. They're still. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still a, a viable show, but I got this garden, and you know, you don't want to do the stereotypes, but you know, they they deserve full representation as well, right? So I just my clever mind went up to, I think it was Chris. And I said, wouldn't it be cool if you guys all of a sudden have this network of gardeners throughout the city. And that's, that's like what your, your confidential informants are. There are all these people that the, that would be actually people. great confidence. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he was like, yeah. Said, yeah. And um, it never went anywhere, but you never know. You never know. I did a, a, a um, pilot once for MDs. It didn't go far, but I remember we come in with my son who's dying and he dies because of the indecision of this one doctor in the ER. So in between takes, I go over to Video Village and the, the writer's there and I just kind of mentioned, wow, wouldn't it be cool if these people come back and sue because of this? You know, because the, the boy's dead. Mm-hmm. And, and right away he like forgot his notebook and he wrote it down. <laughs> You know what? There was a remember the Criminal well, Mind series, know. and yeah. then they had a spinoff, and I forget it was a. Oh, he's a great actor. He's an African American. Anyway, I went and I auditioned, and those casting people loved me, and they go, "Oh, but you have you know this nurturing, loving thing about you." And I said, "Yeah, yeah. wouldn't I make a great serial killer?" And they're like, oh. oh, they were like, oh, my God, they got so excited about it, you know, and it's like, yeah, because you would not think I am, yeah. you know, so uh, but then they canceled the show. They they canceled they canceled the spinoff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, and usually stuff like that. It's the, the, the least expected kind of a thing. So you were brilliant doing that. Yeah. Know? And they really because they kept every chance they got, they kept bringing me in. I mean, they really liked me. Unfortunately, the show only lasted one season because they even wrote Mm -hmm. to my agents and told them we love her next season. We're going to get her something. And then it got canceled. (laughs) Yeah, it happens. It happens. I got, I've gotten three series. Uh, The bridge was one of them. After the second season, we were going to come back and rule the narcotics world from prison, but then it got canceled. Um, what was the other? Oh, uh, Coyote. I did Coyote. And I was supposed to, well, I can't say because if they bring it back, but I got a hellacious review from RogerEbert.com. It said Daniel Morris stole the show. Oh, and when you said hellacious, I'm like, like that. Oh, yeah. And then you're good. Promised Land. You know, it's just, but everybody's good. Otherwise, it wouldn't be on there. It's just luck. And all you can do. All you can do is show your, your your work ethic. Always be on time. Always be positive. Always contribute. Don't be a diva. You know, uh, be creative. And eventually, that'll 
it'll, it'll generate opportunities. So that's always my mindset. Be as positive as you possibly. They want you to go where at the two o'clock in the morning? Yep, let's go. You know, I'll be there. Hey, I had to leave once. Yeah. I did an episode of VR and it was like past Lancaster. And then <laughs> yeah. I couldn't find the place because the guy that was supposed to put up the signs, because there's, there's no lights. The yeah. guy that was supposed to put up the signs and the lights got into a car accident. So oh my God. I kept driving and dri I way past it. My phone didn't work because it was no Because you're on the bush. <laughs> I stopped by this like abandoned hotel. It wasn't abandoned, but it looked like it. It was like a motel, like for truck drivers in the middle of nowhere. And I got on a payphone. Thank God they had a payphone. And I called production and I said, I'm here. I don't know where I'm going. I'm at this, you know, they go turn around. You passed us. But the guy never he got into a car accident, the one that was putting up the signs. And yeah, still yeah. Fine. So still I fine. was like an hour late, but I wasn't the only one because everybody else got lost because there were no signs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one thing. Never be late. Yeah, well, that was sometimes sometimes I'd rather like go there the night before and stay in a motel when it's like it's Sony. I live in Glendale, Sony and Santa Monica. It's like, man, that's the worst traffic on the planet. And it's at 9 a.m. So maybe I should just go the night before, stay in a motel so I don't you know have what? to deal with that stupid traffic. Yeah, I did that for the uh, the trip in Vegas, the job in Vegas. And let me let me tell you how synchronicity works worked here. They offered me the job. My sister happened to be working in Vegas the same time and she they didn't have a one bedroom for her. So they gave her a two bedroom. <laughs> I had a to be. It was meant to be. I mean, it yeah. was, and the nicest people. I mean, I it was such a great. I've been very lucky. I've had really, really good experiences in the films I've been in, and the and the TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. I only had one time that the lead actor was difficult and arguing with the director all the time on a movie I did, and me and the <laughs> other people were like leaving. We're like all shaking. It's like, yeah. let's go have a drink. This has been a really intense day. But I remained friends with the producer and the director. The director had me in another one of her films. She just called me up and she goes, yeah. can you do this? I go, sure. Just be cool because everybody's talented. Not, not everybody's cool. Yeah, that's cool. the thing is because you find something. That's the attitude. I went on a TV show. I wasn't an actor on it. A friend of mine was working behind the scenes. So, and it wasn't Hawaii. So I had it. She goes, come on down. So, yeah. I need to say no to that. Yeah. She goes, stay with me. I need someone from LA to visit. So I went and I visited her and I, with her on the set and everything like that. And, and I can tell the tension in the TV show. Yeah. And it was yeah. one actor causing all the tension not the main yeah. lead famous actor but yeah difficult i haven't seen him work since i left there and i go this show's not going to last there's too much yeah tension. and that's how they look at you now they look at your your numbers your, your popularity meter on imdb but oh if they look at know, that i'll never get hired <laughs> yeah well you know like i'm always the bad guy yeah. So, you know, rapists don't get called back too often, except to <laughs> rape somebody else. That's one thing I don't do anymore, by the way, because for a while I was getting like 
uh, the rapist or a child molester and no, it's so stereo. It leaves too much garbage in your mind because you have to inhabit that skull and it just leaves too much crap in there and you feel yeah. like shit. So I told my agent a while ago, I said, no more, no more sexual predators. None. I'll kill a guy, but I won't rape someone. <laughs> no, and, and the same thing with me. I'm tired of, you know, if you're Latina, you had to be the victim. And I did a show where my son died of an overdose. My sister got killed by her husband who was abusive. It's like, you know, I'm tired of being a victim. Yeah. I'm not a victim. And I think part of the reason I didn't get hired on certain jobs because I wouldn't play to what they, and that was their perception. Like I went, yeah. on, one, I went on one audition and I asked them, I hear all these women going hysterical and they're crying. I'm like, wow, that's not how I saw the character at all. My husband gets killed in it. I would be upset. Okay, so I was going to be upset. But I said, these people are upper class. And then she goes, yeah. I go, old money. She goes, yeah. I'm like, okay. You're not going to go crazy and lose it. You're the mate. No. Now you stepped into the matriarch of the family. You're going to cry. You're going to be upset, but you're not going to go, you know, flailing all over the place hysterically because you were raised not to do that. Yeah. You don't, you don't. Uh, wash your dirty laundry in public no even if it's emotions or grief right right but you know you are like but you step into that role and I go oh my god I was so annoyed I said that's why I kept asking because I was letting them know this is not what's expected of someone that is raised that way and I knew I wasn't going to get it and that's why I kept saying and she's upper class and she's old money <laughs> are you like getting say, you a sure hint of what i'm trying to tell you yeah if you're from the hood you don't care how loud you are and you're defensive or you know any of that but you have to look at the yeah. class system of the character you're just yeah, you gotta I'm... be like my tia beatrice who jumped on my great grandma's coffin as it was being lowered into the grave it's like <laughs> oh my god yeah, you know, the rich don't do that kind of stuff. No. <laughs> They're like, I mean, ah, finally, inheritance, bring it on. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like now she's she's got to keep the family together. And it's like the damn stereotypes. And there was one actress that I saw that she actually fought the stereotype. She goes, I could be this character, but I'm not going to be the stereotype, you know, and she fought it. And so they wrote her part out because it's like, no, she she actually yeah. made she publicized it yeah but she publicized it so they they uh, and she's a well-known actress and they just took the part out instead of changing it to be realistic they rather have their stereotypes exist or not at all yeah and, and it's and it's a funny thing because you're always looking for what makes your character different mm -hmm. because and what's the first thing they tell you you know um give me something they're not looking for you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They're always looking for stuff like that. Yet when you give it to them, oh, no, no, you know, he's, he's a this and he's a that. So this is what you should do. You never know. So it, a, a while ago, somebody told me going with three versions always what you think it should be, what they, you think they think it should be. And then one version is just totally just go insane. Not crazy, stupid, insane, but just something completely unexpected. And it's worked for me. 
Always have three versions at least. You can't really get tied to any one version because you never know how it fits. And that's why I, when I learn my lines, I never learn them with a character in mind. Because once you have those lines fixed in with a certain character, it's hard to break from it. It's really hard. So I just learned the lines, just learn the lines, learn the lines. I got the lines down. That way, any adjustments I do, I still know my lines. Yeah, because sometimes you can't get it out there. It happened to me on a commercial, and I still remember the line. It was so traumatic. I'm not a Californian. I don't do yoga, but I am a Californian. And I kept going, I don't do yoga. I kept emphasizing the do because that's how I learned it. And they didn't want that. They, they wanted, uh, I don't do yoga, you know, and I couldn't get out of it. It's like 15, 20 oh takes. It took me forever. Yeah. And on a commercial, you know, unless it's a burger commercial, I've done those too. 52 takes because, you know, the, the mayonnaise came out <laughs> wrong or you squeezed the bun too much. Or I remember this one direction. Can you not? Because I would go like, you know, the eyebrows on the way up. <laughs> That's how I open my mouth. I can't help it. You know, they're wired together. So it took me forever. And then I was like this. <laughs> 52 takes, but they know it. They know it because, you know, they, especially a burger commercial, any, any food, they'll have a, a production line. They had like uh, three or four people just making burgers, burger after burger, because they know. And you got a spit bucket. Yeah. And I did the same thing. I I did. But it was a print job for Walmart, which was great. Nice. Yeah. And it was for Father's Day and they used it for two Memorial Day. So it was a barbecue and they kept bringing in the food and taking pictures. Okay, now that looks like (laughs) the salad is wilted. Okay, bring in something else. (laughs) And it's like at first we're like eating and then I was like, oh, we don't want to eat anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Most food, people say, though. "Well, it's okay. It tastes good. I'll eat it." Yeah, it was good First food. Couple three bites. Yeah, but after 20, 30 bites, it's like, oh, yeah, you're just like, and it starts getting old and warm and smelly and, uh. yeah. I mean, and a lot of those commercials will say you have to be a meat eater because, yeah, yeah, you know. And I'm not a big meat eater. I, am. I just will take a bite or spit it out because. Maybe the last few takes I'll swallow the, the burger, but I if I eat too much, I get nauseous. And it's like, <laughs> I have to yeah. spit it out in between. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did a film up in Portland right before COVID. And it was called, it's, a, it's called Earthlings, but it's based on a short story called The Suckling Pig. Um, so the lead characters that, you know, roasts a suckling pig in the barbecue and then we have to eat it afterwards. And I remember it just smelling so bad after a while. Not like rotten, but just old. And oh, it really turned me off. So yeah, food's food's tricky. Food is food, very tr- kids and animals. Kids and animals. That you Oh my god, too. I had an audition with a kid and the most disrespectful kid. I knew I wasn't <laughs> gonna get it. This kid didn't want to listen to anybody and was difficult. And I'm like, well, he's not going to get it, but because he's acting this way, I ain't going to get it either because our scene was together. They're not going to show him. Yeah. So they're not going to show me, you know? So, um, yeah, hopefully the casting director will see that and just say, you know, can you stay and and read you with somebody else? Yeah. There was one time. Sometimes you just get mismatched. I did a commercial. 
I well, there was two, and the woman, the casting director, she said, "I am so sorry. I will call you for something else. I had I don't have a pair for you. Mm. This guy had no business auditioning. He was yeah. so bad. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to audition. Yeah. You know, it's like he decided, oh, I want to be an actor, and decided, you know, because he was good looking." that that's a lot of things people think because they're good looking they could be an actor yeah and no you need talent it's not about being good looking no you have to have the talent um and so i didn't get that one another one i went in and they had a family my family was so bad i go okay here's this i lost this one (laughs) i'm gonna disown them (laughs) (laughs) i go i didn't get this one and i got that one I guess, yeah. you know, the fact that you all, they, they made me look really good because they were so bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, and that's how they, most of the time they know the, the problem is if it brings down your performance, you're like, you know, you're expecting to do this and hopefully it becomes a vicious cycle and they feed off it and you feed off of their feeding off it and it's going to be great. And all of a sudden, nothing. They have no reaction. Oh, then it kills you. Yeah. Because you can't, you, because you can't do what, you thought it would progress to you're stuck you're stuck yeah and even if you're like i don't want to work with kids anymore i you know i'm i shouldn't say kids are tough kids are tough because at least now i'm playing like my kids are like 20s and 30s (laughs) yeah 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 so that's kind of good but i i get you know the grandmother i just went on an audition for a grand i actually was actually surprised they called me back but I went on the audition. I haven't heard back. I don't know. But it's like, I guess they wanted a variety because all the other grandmothers were 70 and 80 years. Yeah, you never know. You, you never, never know, know what they want. Be- Sometimes they don't even know what they no, want. No, and they They're don't. They're like, we need something here. Right. And you just got to blow them away. It depends on what your children look like. Because I think they'll decide on that first and then they'll fit who 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 works who or who fits with them the fact that you yeah, got called back yeah. means they think you're good enough for the role anyway yeah it just is how you're now they just got to mix and match exactly yeah. exactly yeah. so i think this is a good stopping point anything you want to say oh i guess so huh? anything you want to say to the audience or um, anything you want to let us know about yourself anything upcoming that we should be watching out for well, unfortunately, the things that are upcoming, I can't say anything about. <laughs> I know those um, NDAs. Yeah, yeah. Especially that one in in, in January. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Cool. So, you know, maybe I come back and mention it. Hey, <laughs> I want to have yeah. a panel with all my friends on it. I think that would be fun. That would be fun. That would be fun. Because then we can all catch up with each other. this is very fun. Yeah, it's... Yeah, this is fun. I, I, I Like, I do Zoom uh, table reads, and I don't like it because you can't feed off each other. Yeah. But this is different. It's just you and I. Yeah. And it's... it's And, and the square is bigger. <laughs> <laughs> I can actually see you. <laughs> yeah. You look fantastic, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I haven't seen you in, I don't know, 30 years? No. I haven't been in my apartment. <laughs> now, maybe I think the last, if you've been to this apartment, it's been within the last 20 years. Oh my God. I mean, we talk about it like it's nothing. I remember being like 10 years old and thinking 20 years was like forever. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now our whole lives are 
but a fleeting moment. Yeah, I think that the last time I saw you is when you had your daughter. Yeah, something at Rubens. Yeah. I should have had more kids, by the way. Well, you did so well with one, so. <laughs> I would have loved a mini me. A mini you? <laughs> yeah, but with my luck, I get more girls, more girls. Where's my mini me? Yeah. <laughs> but she's actually a little bit of a mini me. She looks a lot like me, so. And she got my math skills. She's like that with math. You know, when you said that, and I guess we're not getting off the air anytime soon. I also was really good at math and I had the hardest time with algebra. It didn't mm. click, but uh, trigonometry, logarithms, all of that were easy. I just couldn't get algebra. Once I did, I was, oh, this is easy. <laughs> it just has to click, you know? All that suffering for nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah. what would you like to say to anyone out there? I don't have anything upcoming. Uh, just uh, just always be positive, you know. Always, any day above ground is a good day, you know. As I always remind my family, look, people are dying all over the world. Things are happening everywhere. We, you know, we don't have everything we want or anything like that. But, you know, we're, we're good. We're healthy. We're... Practice that gratitude. So just appreciate. Yeah. Glass half full, always. Yeah. Always. Because that's the only way you're going to attract that too. Because you don't attract what you want, you attract what you are. Well, it's funny, you know, I've gotten, this is twice now in two projects that they wrote it specifically for me. Um, because they said, you know, you're, you're really upbeat and, and, and positive and, and, the, and the guy's just like that. So just be yourself. Oh, yeah, that's Amor. It just uh, we was on uh, Netflix in July. I uh, played the chef in that. We were number two. Wow! In the nation. Congratulations! And top ten and top ten in the world. Wow! And, uh, it was just being being positive, just being and having fun with it. You know, yeah, it's yeah. the world is hard enough. There's enough tension in the world. Give us some lightness. Be positive. Be be true to yourself. Yeah, because you can't control what comes at you. Mm -hmm. All you can control is how you react to it. Exactly. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. We have no control over anything else. Like I did a, a meditation for performers because so many of us, oh, I wonder if I got it. And you wait and you, you know, it's like, you can't do that. Once you did your audition, your job is done. It's like yeah, yeah. doing the, the actual show. You, they don't want you hanging out on the set. Your job is done. You go home. So it's yeah. the same thing. You just have to let it go. It's done. And it's the past. You did the job. You did the audition. You can't do anything more about it. Just be grateful. Yeah, you got sometimes it seems our job is all that. Yeah. You know, and nothing else. Exactly. For a while. Yeah. And then you get one. Okay. This is why I kept being cool. <laughs> uh, upbeat, positive, hopeful, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you for... Uh, catching up with me oh yeah we have so much to talk about it's like i i know because we started on the pre-show is like we started talking i go no no let's save this for the actual yeah save it for the interview <laughs> save it for the interview um actors I, I, uh, they, they don't stop talking <laughs> they don't stop talking <laughs> okay my darling uh, thank you for being on the show okay good awesome. all right we'll see you soon thank you for listening to overheard at chica's cafe you can find us on Spotify and other podcast platforms. Visit us at overheardatchicascafe.com 
and on our Facebook page at Overheard Chica. This is where all friends meet.